Puh. God damn. I, I, I keep making the mistake about of eating before each episode and then I'm surprised when I get like indigestion and stuff and I'm burping the whole time. It makes you look like a rude bastard even though I'm not. I literally just ate a massive cake to myself. <laughs> well man, you're allowed to, it's your birthday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, that being said, guys, welcome to episode twenty-two of the Humanity Jitsu Podcast. I'd like to introduce the birthday boy himself, Ben Davis. What is up, Ben? Wagwan, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> man, how old are you today, by the way? I am thirty-five. Yeah. Getting on a bit. What? Tell you, it's a rough one, oh boy. Them is prime years, man. Prime years. <laughs> Maybe I should have saved you for episode 35, so that would be more fitting <laughs> instead of episode 22. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, do you want to just uh, tell everyone where you're from and where you train in case they want to get around at you sometime? Okay, yeah. I'm, um, I'm from everywhere, pretty much. I'm born in Bristol uh, in England and um, grew up in my teenage years in Northern Ireland, County Fermanagh. And then in my later years, I moved down south to Galway, and that's where I'm currently living for the last maybe 12 years. And um, I am founder and head coach um, at Shaolin MMA Galway. Mm. So you guys, you see, it was around about last year, like your gym burned down. Was that right? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Man, how are, how are y'all handling that? Especially since now the fucking quarantine thing, I imagine that's not, that hasn't helped matters much. No, well, actually, to be, not, to be honest with you, it, it actually has, surprisingly, because last year it was like, oh man, it was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. And it was like everything I built, I was watching burn down, literally, you know? Mm. And um, so it was horrible. And I didn't know where we were going to go from then. And everybody, like in the whole of Ireland and the Jiu Jitsu and MMA community, all pulled through and just they raised loads of money for us. So for rebuilding of our gym and um, but then when the lockdown happened in 2020, we we were actually just about to sign a, a new lease for a completely different gym. And um, luckily, we didn't sign the lease because we'd have been locked down and then we'd have been pay- paying a lease and stuff like this. Like a lot of gyms, sadly, around Ireland are paying big leases. So in some ways, the fire, as bad as it was, was actually a bit of a godsend because you know, during this lockdown, this three months or so, like we haven't been having to pay rent, you know? So it's mm. in some ways it's been very good, you know? Oh, well, that that's certainly one upside to it. So yeah. good. Yeah, apart from the non-training obviously has been very bad and a lot of our students has been hard for them. Like I myself, I live out in the countryside. So, you know, it's it's been a nice little, little break for me. But um, for a lot of my students that would be students in college and stuff like this, or they come from housing estates and they're stuck in small houses and, you know, it's not been nice for, for them, really. So my heart goes out to them people, really. Mm. So, yeah, one thing I'm always curious about with each of my guests, because it's different for everyone. Uh, how you first got into martial arts and uh, did you train anything before starting jiu-jitsu? Um... I've done, yeah, I've done quite a few different martial arts. Um, when I was young, like I grew up in a rough place. So where I grew up in Bristol, it was a housing estate called Easton. And like, I always say that was my 
first introduction into fighting because it was very rough. There's a lot of crime. The streets were pretty dangerous. And I remember getting a bad kicking whenever I was about seven years old. And um, after that, I had been asking even before that I got the beating to, to my mom, like, I want to I wanna do martial arts or something, learn how to fight properly. And she wouldn't let me. And then after I got that kicking, my, she let me go to a karate club so that karate club would have been my first uh, martial art I did that for um, a few years maybe two years before I moved to Ireland and um, then when I moved to Ireland I moved to Northern Ireland and you know being I was the only mixed race person you know dark skinned person in Northern Ireland so I would have gotten into a lot of fights and over there in Northern Ireland as you know there's a lot of sectarianism so I was kind of stuck in between so again, I was getting into a lot of fights and I then started boxing and um, I boxed in a very historic small boxing club in a wee town called Ederney in Fermanagh. And um, yeah, I had a good few boxing matches then. And then I boxed on and off up until I was uh, 22. And then when I was 22, I started doing mixed martial arts and that's kind of what introduced me into the world of grappling, you know? See, was there anything in particular when you first made the transition to like the MMA? Is there anything in particular you struggled with, like a certain technique or concept that just uh, wasn't uh, getting in there? Um, I'd say my biggest, um, it's my biggest weakness when I first started doing martial arts was my attributes, because I was I'm very I was naturally very athletic even when I was young, uh, very fast and explosive and. Um, it's basically martial arts is really about not using attributes. So it's about being like making, I, I always say it's, it's about making people use their attributes. So then they wear themselves out and then you gradually um, beat them, advance your position or whatever. So, so I'd say that was my, a big learning thing for me was learning how to not use my attributes. And when I started doing that, that's when I started excelling in martial arts more. Hmm. See, man, uh, is that the sort of advice you'd give to new people to just like, uh, you know, focus on the technique as opposed yeah. to just using the attributes the whole time? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think chances are if you're having to use a lot of force, then you're doing it wrong. You know, <laughs> so um, sometimes like, one thing I say to some people as well is sometimes you have to go back to go forward. You know, if you're trying to pass someone's guard, you know, and they're like doing a... Um, what do you call it? Like if they're, if they're saying, "Sorry, you're not going through here," you know, then sometimes mm. you have to go back to suddenly pass their guard, you know. Yeah. Especially so, yeah. if they're stronger than you, you know. So. Mm. So yeah, what's the first sort? Like I asked, this these are some of the questions I reserve just for the coaches. So uh, yeah. huge honor for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what's uh, the first sort of technique or lesson you try to instill in your beginners group in your gym? Like say someone's first day or something. Um, well, I think like I'm a, I'm a, I'm mainly, even though I'm a brown belt in BJJ, I'm a mainly a mixed martial arts coach and I'm, I'm more like, um, I, when I teach my beginners, so I teach beginners MMA and BJJ, but it's, I try to teach them strong fundamentals. So if you've done a beginner's course with me, say you're after that course, the courses are normally five to six weeks long. 
Um, my aim is for the people to have to know basic submissions and have a good concept of how to pass guard and how to be difficult to be submitted so they know when they're in bad positions, you know? And mm. um, so basically they're hard to sweep, they're hard to submit, they're, you know, they're hard to keep in a position on the floor. They'll have one or two good escapes, you know, from each, each position. So that's basically strong fundamentals is what I like to teach a beginner just so they understand when they understand what you want to do. You want to pass their guard. And if you pass their, if they, if they pass their guard, then half, then you have half guard. Then they're going to be looking for mount or side control or back take, you know, these kind of things. Mm. So they know, I think it's just giving them a, a concept. I like to give people concepts of, um, of fighting rather than just, there's one way to do every technique, you know, I think there's, there's a million ways to skin a cat, as they say, you know, mm. so I like strong fundamentals and people to understand, you know, where you want to be in a fight and where you don't want to be in a fight. Mm. So, yeah, you brought up that uh, you're, you're mainly MMA centric speak. Yeah. So, well, well around that, what was your first sort of MMA fight experience? Like how to, how did that go for you? Um, let me think what was my first MMA fight. Um, I had one, before there was amateur MMA, there was semi-pro MMA. Well, there was different classes, D, C, um, B, and A class MMA. And I had a D class, no, a C class fight, sorry. And, um, which is basically like amateur MMA today. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was my first fight. I, I basically don't even train in MMA for maybe two months or something and um i yeah i just jumped in there i wanted to fight i fought at 70 kilos which was way above my weight and um i fought in the um, royal british legion up in antrim in a promotion that was called the battle of antrim and i can't remember the guy i fought his name um but um yeah that was a good fight because it was a very hostile crowd the, the crowd with the venue was really packed and um, uh, it was like they were standing really close to the cage, a really small cage as well. And um, a lot of the Southern fighters would come out wearing their headphones and their hoods up and they have to squeeze through the crowd. And uh, like that was really good for me because I'm all about, um, you know, mastering yourself. That's the main important thing of why I fight, you know, and it's about controlling um, my energy and controlling the energy around me, using that as my my power. And like, so that was a great experience for me, going and fighting in such a, a hostile crowd. And yeah, and after I fought as well, the crowd were very friendly and stuff, and it was really nice. I, I kind of had that most of my career that even when I fought in hostile venues, I find, I find the people are very respectful and stuff, especially after the fight and stuff. I think if you show respect, then the people give respect. Mm. so yeah do you have a favorite win from your all your mma days like uh just one that stands out to you one that you're really proud of um i think my last win like i I love all my fights all for different reasons like wins and losses but my last fight um i fought on the card of a lot of my students i think there was five of us fighting um in cage conflict last march just before the lockdown Mm. um it was, I basically coached 
the my students beforehand and there was a first it was ryan hanley young talented fighter um check him out on instagram and um, ryan hanley yeah. he um so he was a teenage fight he fought a title eliminator fight for the cage conflict promotion and he won by tko in the third round i think and then after that was melissa miskel a female fighter who's coached by my wife, Indra Davis. And um, she was second up and she put on a really good striking clinic and won in the third round by TKO as well. And then we had, um, who was it next? It was Park Hannon, another student who helps coach in all of our gym. Amazing fighter. He fought a very good, tough kickboxer with good wrestling. And it was just, yeah, and then, sorry, last, so Park fought and then Andreas Binder, who you were chatting to there a few weeks ago. He fought then, he had his pro debut, and there was a bit of beef in that fight, and um, so they he fought uh, uh, Dharmad, and they had fought before, and the fight got called uh, no contest or something for an illegal strike, so they did it again, and then Andreas won by knockout in the third round, and I had fought, sorry, I jumped a bit in the story then, I had fought just before, so I coached all my students then I fought myself, and then Andreas, my student, fought in the main event for the cage conflict uh, welterweight title. So I, after straight after I came out of my fight, I won by uh, knockout in the first round, and then I basically went to see the doctors. He and then came out and straight away coached him. So it was just a very surreal experience. I was kind of worried before the night started, but. I don't think I'll do it again now, coaching loads of fighters before I fight myself, but it was surreal at the same time. I think it's, it was a great experience. <laughs> Sounded like you had your hands full, man, like that, getting, like juggling a bunch around, like, oh, coach his fight, do my fight, coach his fight. Sounded yeah. like a ha- real handful. Yeah, it was amazing, but <laughs> definitely not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least you could say you did it once and yeah. you're like, yeah, I, I don't think I'll do that again. Yeah, I think the crowd. I think the crowd were very shocked as well. They were like, whenever they see me come in from my fight, they were like, "That's the guy who's just been coaching all those other guys." <laughs> God damn! And, uh, do you have a favorite submission, just in general, to catch whenever? Um, I, I like leg locks, but I'm I like the back, like rear rear choke. I think um, I think it's um. My coach, uh, uh, Michelle Dorino, um, like he is just a beast and he's like a backpack you know, on your back, you know. And like since he came and started um, training with us in Shaolin, our whole, everybody's game just upped another level. And, um, and he is very, his jiu-jitsu, even though he comes from traditional BJ, uh, BJJ background, but his jiu-jitsu is so well suited for MMA because it's um, very pressure related and yeah he just has eyes for your back that's it he has loads of ways to submit you but you know he's made he's made me really like trying to get to someone's back and keeping control and especially for mma i think um taking the back in mma or in self-defense in a street fight is the safest place to be because the human body works forward it doesn't work backwards so you know Mm. see uh what sort of leg locks do you be catching while we're on the topic? Because I, I fucking love leg locks. Yeah, um, I like... Uh, I, I, I love chaining stuff, like, so it's... Obviously, I love heel hooks. If you Like, I think heel hook is the mother of leg locks, you know, but it's... um, It just leads in 
into so many different things like um, car slicers and again back takes and, and you know it all flows into one you know you can set up leg locks by attacking high so you might be attacking arm bar or something and you can just switch it into uh, knee bar heel hook or you know it's I, I just love I love the flow more than any more than any submission I like to flow from one thing into another I don't like to force things I like to play chess so that you give me the thing you know give me the submission mm. that way, yeah. Nah, see, I've gained quite the appreciation for knee bars lately. Especially, yeah. I've seen uh, this one entry where you're like passing their half guard, you do a back step, you sort of cup your tie to get their knee in the equation, then you knee bar yeah. there. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Especially, especially if they're triangle their legs, you have you can toe hold the other leg. <laughs> I just <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like a leg lock. Uh, well, no, a leg knot, sorry, they call it leg knot. Mm. It's just like dub, double jeopardy at that point. It's like, do you want to get knee barred or do you want to get toe holded? Which yeah. one? <laughs> I think that the Tenth Planet guys call it game over or something when you get the leg knot when you triangle the far leg. I'm not sure. There's so many names. I never remember the names. Like I sometimes give them my own name so I can remember them myself, you know. But it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, you should you should hear all the fucking names they have in judo. So we had uh, Sean David from uh, Team Caveman on, and he was saying, oh, this, this, and that, Katami, blah, blah, blah. Like so many fucking names. Like how do you remember all them? Yeah, I think well they yeah they in in judo they use all the traditional Japanese names. So even in jujitsu, um, a lot of times um, my coaches Ugo Burim or Michelle Silva they they're like um, like katagatame and stuff like this, and you're like what? <laughs> 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 yeah. Like they like imagine they'd be like oh do Ashigarami like what what the fuck said like oh, single leg <laughs> yeah. X I'm like oh okay. I know Kimura, Oma Palata, Gogo Palata, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we, we didn't come here for a language lesson. We came here to strangle people and break limbs. Like, yeah. get, out, get, get, out, get out of here with that shit. Yeah. And then, uh, this is more of a jiu-jitsu question. See, uh, what was the first seminar you, you attended? And uh, do you remember what was taught at it? Um, let me think now. Um... Damn, that's a good point. Like uh, seminars, I've, like modern time. I can't really remember old old ones. Um, I got my blue belt um, from a seminar with it was a guy from Cho. Oh no, I can't even remember. He was a world champion guy, but this would have been going back like an older, an old school world champion, maybe Jeff guy. But um, I can't remember. He gave me my blue belt. Um, but no, really, the the mo the best. I'll give you the best seminar I've been to. Okay. So, would have been my mainly not necessarily for technique. What they showed, it was just meeting um, like a legend, the BJJ, and he's my coach's coach, and that was Eduardo Santoro, Portuguese. So he's. Um, Shaolin MMA Goway were affiliated to ESJJ and um, ESJJ is from Sao Paulo and my my our head coach in ESJJ Ireland is Ugo Burim mm -hmm. and um, he's currently teaching jiu-jitsu in um, in SPG in Roddy's gym I think that's SPG Charlestown yeah yeah uh, I think so I, don't don't quote me on that yeah so um, anyway 
So Ugo's teaching there. So EJ, um, but Ugo, it's, it's my head coaches and my coach in Galway. It's their coach. He's basically the head coach of VSJJ, the whole thing. And he came mm. over last last year and taught a seminar. And it was just, I, I got my brown belt then. And it was, that was pretty surreal because we moved heaven and earth just to get him over. And um, yeah, just, it was just great, you know, just to meet him and stuff. And he gave us a lot of wisdom and knowledge and stuff like that. So mm. yeah, that was ah, man, That's pretty good. So yeah. Have you ever integrated something? Have you ever like learned something from a seminar and it, you've just integrated so well into your game? It's become like a mainstay. Yeah. Um, so something. Well, yeah. From we had two people. So Eduardo, I'll go on to him first. So when he came over from my gi jiu-jitsu, there was a couple of positions in the gi specifically that I was kind of getting stuck in between. I knew I knew different techniques from say Delahiva, reverse Delahiva or x-guard or whatever but there was places in between in the gi that i was getting stuck and uh, when he came over he just kind of showed us this one thing he showed us loads of techniques but he just showed us this one grip and position that transfers all of the other positions it's like your go between you know Mm. and um, that just helped me loads in my gi game and um, and then another guy who came, Marvin Castelli from 10th Planet, he came over and did a seminar at ours and he made my leg lock game. Um, and also, also sorry, um, Keith Kavanagh. Keith Kavanagh came with him. It was actually um, through Keith Kavanagh that we got Marvin Castelli over. And um, so they did a, a leg lock seminar in our gym specifically and that helped my leg lock game like heaps and tons and yeah so that was brilliant like those mm. two see it's funny you bring up keith because he was actually my guest uh, the other day on the podcast yeah keith's a legend he's a nice guy really man that episode was so long i just split it up into two parts it was like two hours long i'm like <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yeah I couldn't save like the whole both the files to like put up, so I had to split them into two parts. Like, but it was a, it was a great one. That one. Ah, yeah. Shout out, a, shout out to Keith. Yeah, he's a great coach and a great um, competitor, a great person. Keith Kavanaugh, like really good. He's gonna go very far in jujitsu without a doubt. Yeah. Mm. Aye. Aye. So guys, we've reached a segment of the podcast I like to call around with specifics. It's just a bunch of random questions, some about jiu-jitsu, some have nothing to do with jiu-jitsu. So do you want to do a round of specifics, Ben? Yeah, go on ahead. Okay. So what was your favorite TV show growing up? My favorite TV show? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> think, 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 like, um, 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 um. I like Battlestar Galactica. I'm a sci-fi nerd. Man, I have never, I've never fucking seen that for the life of me. Like, I've seen Star Trek and a bunch of other stuff like that, but never Battlestar Galactica. Like, I never uh, saw the appeal. You're missing out, bro, honestly. I've even watched the really old Battlestar ones, like, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, man, I, I even watched one episode of Stargate. I'm like, no thanks. Oh yeah, Stargate, that's good as order, man. 
<laughs> man, I bet you you're just not gonna like my opinions on these random shows. You're just gonna, okay. The second I see this motherfucker, he's getting messed up for not liking my my sort of style of science fiction. Nah. <laughs> I know, I know, Stargate is bad, like, but it's kind of a good bad. <laughs> man, it, it wasn't even a good bad. It was one episode, and I'm done bad, in my opinion. But that was that was a while ago, so I'm, I might give it another chance soon. Yeah, uh, who no, knows? Battlestar Galactica though is good. I reckon you might like that one. Mm. So yeah, what was the first uh, first video game console you had, and what was your favorite game on it? Um, I I didn't have a games console for quite a long time. I was quite poor. <laughs> uh, oh okay. But, um, my friends, I would have played on my friends a lot when I lived in Easton, and he had a Sega Mega Drive, or no, Sega Master System. It was I think it's before the Sega Mega Drive, and there was like um, Alex the Kid. I think and Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah, mm. them games running. See, see, I'm going to make a controversial statement. Yeah. Pre- prepare. I might get this. Might cancel my podcast. <laughs> One ahead. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog games were never good. They sort of like they played themselves really. Like you're supposed to go fast, but like it does everything in its power to make sure you aren't going fast by throwing like enemies and random falling floors and stuff, and like uh you know, breaks the momentum, and even when you do get fast and do the loop-de-loops and stuff, it, the yeah. game's just playing itself, really, so I, I, I don't I don't get the appeal of, like, the early ones and stuff, like, yeah. okay, you know. Uh, yeah, you know that's... Sonic doesn't really move, the, everything else moves, he just stays in the middle of the screen. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh, oh one, th- one thing I did like is that if you yeah. just stayed idle for two minutes, Sonic would get pissed off and jump off the screen, like, he'd he just leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, who would you say is the most famous person you've rolled with besides all your like head coaches and affiliates and all them um, probably um, uh, yeah I, I don't know probably Conor McGregor what? Conor McGregor SBG. yeah trained in SBG so for a good while um, so he would have been yeah that was whenever he was first getting into the UFC when he first got big, like. Mm. So you got a you got a crack at pre UFC Connor. That must have been a <laughs> huge honor. <laughs> um, fun. So yeah, what'd you say is the worst movie you've ever seen? Um, yeah, let me think. No, I've watched a lot of bad movies, but again, I like I like some bad movies. Um, let me think. Oh God. This is a bad one. When I was a kid, um, my mum's friend babysitted us. Mm-hmm. And um, I was been about seven. And we were left with a box of videotapes. And we started watching these videotapes. And one of them, we didn't know what was on them. We just used to put them into the tape player and see. And uh, one of them was this movie called Deathstalker 2 or something. And um, it was like a really bad 80s kind of um soft porn fantasy action movie and uh but yeah so as kids it was kind of like whoa but like it was really bad <laughs> uh, that's always a recipe for for childhood trauma fucking unmarked vhs tapes that, that's a recipe to get traumatized yeah yeah god damn <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. if you could ban one guard from jiu-jitsu competitions what would it be and why Ban one what? One guard, like worm guard or something. Okay, yeah. So it, you, I used to have a 
big problem with spider guard man frustrated the life out of me and um it's yeah but i kind of liked it then i got in again when this is what is amazing about martial arts because you get stuck in something i got stuck in spider guard when i went into the euros and all the um all the high level guys especially from brazil and all were all like spider guard lasso and just really hard to pass the guard and um i got like beaten by um an advantage point it was a really stale match in the euros as a purple belt and um yeah it just frustrated me and then i I was in ireland as well and i did a competition and i got um caught in a triangle choke from spider guard as well against a big dude and it just but i just after that i just trained like mad in spider guard and then i kind of like spider guard now so (laughs) so yeah (laughs) spider guard uh the tab- tables have turned in that regard so yeah, yeah. i see uh did you prefer training in the morning or in the evening i like training in the afternoon like around yeah i normally train from 12 to 2 and then in the evening in, in the evening as well excuse me um but um yeah i prefer to train in the afternoon i think i have more energy and yeah i just feel better Mm. see that's underrated training in the afternoon because you get to sleep and you get to train early so yeah. both yeah. it's like having your cake and eating it <laughs> yeah well, oh. I, actually, I actually fast so i do the intermittent fasting so i don't actually eat until about three o'clock so but i feel good i never at the start when i first started doing it but um i actually i don't know i feel good train like training on an empty stomach mm. but then yeah plus that's kind of good because there's no potential of like getting sick if someone neon bellies are really hard yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> man i made the biggest mistake in the goddamn world one time i went and like i, I say i was messing around town before going to training because you know i i had a bunch of free time that day i was like what will i do before training i'll go get something to eat but like i kind of left it a bit too long and only ate like half an hour before going training yeah. so you see you see where this is going i went yeah, and got I got I got full of Chinese stuff, and then I went tra- to wrestling class. The most grueling, the most grueling session of the fucking week, where the where the coach is a sadist who does a brutal intensive warm up to make sure you're wrecked tired before we even do any technique. Yeah. Yet that I nearly fucking I nearly puked and I nearly shat myself. So that was fun. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> they do that a lot. They do that in wrestling deliberately so that you don't. Um break each other when you start wrestling because as you know like two young testosterone uh, fueled lads if you just if they're fully fueled and stuff not tired and you let them go wrestling they'll be legs broke or something you know so like they like to tire you out so that you have to you have to use your brain then you know because you have no strength (laughs) but he's so mean Now I, I know that's the deal with wrestling, but this guy is a proper fucking sadist compared to them. Let me just let me just put it that way. <laughs> not not complaining. Uh, well, I yeah. am, but uh, you know you get my point. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but, uh, do you prefer uh, cats or dogs? Uh, probably dogs. But I, I like all animals, but um, 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 cats. You know, cats are annoying. <laughs> Ah uh, man, it's just it's just the fucking I don't like cats either. Like I don't, it's not that I hate them, I just prefer dogs. It's just like yeah. uh 
the higher high and mighty attitude of them. Like they'd, they'd be looking down on you because they'd be jumped up really high. But a dog yeah. would just like come up to you and like start licking you for no reason. Like you're just the dog's best friend straight away. Yeah. I, you know, Un- yeah. unconditional love is pretty good, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, cats go and crap behind your wardrobe, and you know you'd be thinking, why do all my my clothes stink? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, man, they won't even hide it. They're like, just like, yeah, I did that. What are you gonna do? At least the dog will feel. At least <laughs> yeah. the dog will feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, um, what's your favorite junk food if uh, you have any? Um, I think no. Yeah, actually custard and um custard and either apple crumble or uh was it caramel shortcake you know shortbread yeah yeah with custard yeah i like custard <laughs> man, man how disciplined are you where custard's considered a, a, a junk food yeah i don't know man it's, it's it's not good for me anyway I, I don't do it too often to be honest i'm very healthy these days um but I think that is my naughty thing. Whenever I want to let the let the reins loose, I just custard and cake is my go-to. Mm. So, yeah, that's it. That's what I ate for my birthday. I ate um, a cake and some custard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite historical period? Period. Like, say you had a time machine. Where's the first place you'd go? I would. That's a great question. I'm actually uh, big into history, and um, I think history is so important for um, just humans, humankind altogether. Because, like, if if we don't understand our history, then we don't know. You know, it's like the roots of a tree. Um, Malcolm X did a famous poem about the how important the roots of a tree are to making that tree stand strong. You know. Mm. And, um, so yeah, I, I'm just for years now. I've been I've been researching history, and I, I wanna whenever I stop fighting in MMA, I think I will dedicate a lot of time to that. I think if I could go back in time, go match your question, I would go back to. I couldn't put a date on it because it's very hard to put a date on the ancient world, and that is to see like who built the pyramids that are all around the world, from um, North Africa to south america peru you know to china i'd love to just go back to the time when these mega structures were built and just see you know mm. you you want to see them aliens <laughs> yeah well i don't want to see whatever i want to see if what the humans were like or i don't know i, I just want to see that time see if the world what it was like you know the world see mm. so, uh do you have a favorite? His, uh, do you have a favorite philosophical quote? Um, I just think, to be honest with you, this is just something that a realization that I've had and that I try and instill in all of my students, and that is basically to be, to be masters of your own reality. You know, like there's um, a lot of things in this world is um, all there to control people. And I think that if you are in control of yourself, then you don't need anybody to govern you, you know? And I think Mm. that that is like why I fight is to show people that, you know, how to master themselves. Because when you go out there and you fight, you're going in against this skilled beast of a man who's a a complete martial artist, an athletic monster, 
And like, it doesn't matter if you're a beast of a man, if you can't control your own thoughts and the, the, the energy of the crowd, the energy of your opponent, maybe trying to intimidate you or something like that. Maybe people on social media putting, you know, saying negative things about you or whatever. You know, if you can't control yourself, then you're not going to be able to access the information. You're not going to be able to do what is in you to do, you know? So I think that my main purpose is basically to teach people that you are master of your own reality. You can change the world around you if the, if the world inside you is, if you're in control of that world, you create. Like we are, uh, I call it like teardrops of God or consciousness or whatever, you know? And that means we can create, you know? And mm. But we can't create if we let outside stuff stop us or we let people tell us that we can't do that you know or you're no good or anything like that so i just you know that's my purpose is just to help people believe in themselves and take a master of themselves empower people so that they can create their own reality you know mm. that's a pretty good way to look at it my man see because yeah. you know stuff can only get to you if you let it really you know you yeah. gotta just you know yeah. see do you have a favorite song to roll to um I go through kind of periods of listening to different stuff. Like at the moment, I'm listening to, let me think, um, Donny Arcade, Kundalini Awakening. Uh, yeah. And um, I like reggae music, like Peter Tosh, Bob Marley. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mm. pretty good taste, my dude. Can't well, can't fall through that. So yeah, uh, is there a movie you like but everyone else hates, or is there a movie you hate but everyone else loves? Um, let me think. Um, oh god, I'm trying to think now. I could, like as I say, I, I love old cheesy kung fu movies. I'll give you my favorite um, Jackie Chan movie, which would be um, Jackie Chan, Armor of God. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a badly dubbed old Kung Fu movie, but it's really cool. Jackie Chan does all his own stunts like he always used to do. And um, yeah, it's just cool. Mm. See, uh, I heard something really weird about that movie. Like, uh, see, there was like a... There's like a Jackie Chan movie. It was like a sequel to that, but uh, it was like I think it was uh, Armor of God two. It yeah. got re- that got released in America, but the first one wasn't there, so they just called it like a uh, Fist of Fury or something. I, I don't don't I don't can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. And then and then the first the first one finally got released in America, and they're all like, well, everyone thinks this is the first one, so we'll just call the first one uh, Fist of Fury two, Armor of God, whatever. Call it a day. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, man. Like, but um, there is Armor of God one and two, so I think mm. it's Armor of God two, the one I like. Yeah, man, that's that's really weird. The whole movie titling process, like, what it just call it what it's called. Like, who who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, well, it was kind of um like Jackie Jackie Chan, man. That man has made some amount of movies. He's made about four hundred movies or something, and mm. like, he's a create like a work his work ethic is second to none man honestly like he's and if you look at what i loved about him was his stunts when i was a kid and he was funny as well you know he'd always take the mick out of himself but he was a beast of an athlete as well 
But um, he's yeah, his stunt, some of the stunts that he did. I think in the Armor of God one or two, one of the movies, he nearly died or something. He jumped off of, I think he jumped onto onto a tree off of either he jumped off the, the Great Wall of China onto a tree or he jumped off something very high onto a tree and didn't land properly and fell God knows how many feet and his ear was hanging off his head. It was just mm. like, yeah, he's he's done some crazy things, man. Before, like, parkour was even a thing, that man was jumping off of everything. Ooh, I got quite a bit of Jackie... I got uh, quite a bit of Jackie Chan trivia here for you, if you're up for it. It's this uh, little tidbit not many people know. Yeah. See, um, do you want to know what Jackie Chan's first acting credit was? Was that um, Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon? It was. Yeah. It was. Man, I was was counting on you not knowing that. I'm like, fuck's sake. (laughs) Nah, man, I'm a I'm a proper geek, man. Honestly, <laughs> man, I I just love the story about that that uh, Bruce Lee like hit him with the nunchucks and Jack Chan was like ah, and then like uh, every other take every other take they did, Bruce Lee would like take the piss out of him like, oh, are you are you ready to go now? Are you you know are you prepared? Will I not startle you this time or something like that? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so this next question is a bit of a moral conundrum. If you're up for it. Okay. Uh, see, would you would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? Um, hmm. I would no. That's an easy question, man. I'd rather solve world hunger because you know that is in the this is the 21st century, man. That's something that should be solved. At the moment, we're doing a lockdown for this whole COVID thing, and yet you know they've they've locked the whole world down over something that isn't even as bad as world hunger. We should have solved world, world hunger by the 21st century. So yeah, sorry. There shouldn't be people starving in this world, in this so-called advanced civilization that we're supposed to be living in, you know? Mm. Nah, yeah. I, can, I can see what you mean. Besides, like whenever someone picks uh, the world hunger one, I always say, who knows, maybe one of the kids that you saved with the world hunger thing would grow up to cure cancer. So that's, yeah. a, that's a maybe. Yeah, man, it's like... Obviously, we'd love to, we don't want to see anybody die and stuff like that. But um, especially when, when young people get cancer, you know, it's horrible. You know, like, obviously, like, humans are living longer and longer. And, like, cancer is normally the thing that gets you when you're old, you know. Mm. But um, I, I think hunger, nobody should be going without food now in this day and age, you know. Mm. Uh, I get you. See, so, uh a bit, a bit of a emotional. What's, what's it called? Uh, whiplash. Now I say, uh, can you do any? <laughs> can you do any impressions? Since it went just from super serious to not serious at all. Can you do any impressions? Let me think of I, just different things that I, uh, I do to my kids and stuff. Uh, a redneck accent from. Um, the old Judge Dredd movie with um, what do you call him? Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, yeah, man. And uh, there was the legendary uh, Angel Brothers, is it? The cannibals out in the desert. Mm-hmm. And one of them goes, uh, "Let me have him, Paul, on his ears." Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, man. Uh, do you do you believe in aliens? Um, yeah, like I I I've 
I think that it's pretty like pretty near impossible for there to not be life out in the universe if they say the universe is as vast as it is and like if you're into statistics and all that stuff it's nearly impossible it's, it is impossible you know so I just um yeah I definitely mm. without a doubt there's some someone out there mm. or in in there maybe inner space you know Ooh. yeah man <laughs> so yeah, uh, would you rather have super strength or super speed? Um, I'm not about. Ah, let me think. Ah, jeez, man. Speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so you could just uh, run over, like even run across the ocean or something to like uh, some famous place to go train there, just super quick. Yeah, because kind of speed is power as well. Like if you um, like if you hit someone, say, with super speed, like, and you concentrate that power into a tiny little part of their body, that is like you know that is that qualifies as strength as well, you know. So mm. it's, yeah. You know. Not to mention, like, just the rapid rapidness of it. That's actually kind of worse than getting hit by someone really strong because you'll just yeah. keep getting hit again and 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 again. That's just, yeah. it's not not, happen- not good. Yeah, when I started boxing, uh, my so- my sparring partner, Sammy Taggart, he'd been boxing since he was six and he had, like, hundreds of amateur boxing matches. And I remember, like, I went in there and sparring him the first time and he'd hit you about ten times in, like, a second and you'd be like, what the f- <laughs> and, uh, yeah i would have been stronger than him and stuff like that but yeah it's just speed you know speed mm. is a killer oh, yeah. and then uh sorry what would you say your spirit animal is oh man i've i've tried thinking of this so many times i don't know man before my last fight um i went for a walk i normally go meditating the night before a fight and um I went for a walk in this little park. I started doing a bit of um, kind of fight reenactments, you know, just to kind of do the things that I want, I, I envisaged myself doing in the fight. And then um, I went to calm my energy down after by meditating up against a tree. And um, when I, I was literally, I was doing this, um, you call it OM, where you basically just um and you just sit there meditating like that, and it just kind of lowers your heart rate. And I was doing this up against this tree for about five minutes, and I opened my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, there was a fox standing like right in front of me, just looking me, looking at me straight in the eyes. And I still had my hand on the tree. And the moment I moved my hand off the tree, the fox just shot into someone's garden, you know. And it was just that was kind of a weird experience. So maybe a fox is my spirit animal. I don't mm. Ah oh, man, foxes are pretty underrated in my opinion. See, uh, I remember one time I was at work. I used to work in a factory, and see the the smoking area was in like a field. And yeah. see, uh, I'd go on my lunch breaks. I just go out there for some air because you know it's, it's you know I didn't want to be inside all day. So going out for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke. I just went out to chat shit with my friends who do did smoke. So like, uh, <laughs> I don't smoke. So like uh, on the way walking there, there's like a ditch because it's in a field, mind you. And like uh, 
a fox ran past while we, me and my friend were walking up. And I, I stopped for a second. I look at it, and the fox looking at me. I just sort of squat down and do like rub my fingers together. So it thinks I have food in my hand. And it comes over, starts sniffing my fingers, like gets really close. Then when it sees, like, then when I don't have anything, it just runs off. Yeah, it's brave fox. Ah, mm. uh, well, because the other people were feeding him, so he thought I'd give him something. I'm like, go out of you. Yeah. Ah, uh, sure. They're actually just weird dogs, if you think about it. They're actually, I, well, I don't know. Like, I think they're actually more closely related to cats. Um, foxes, like they're, I can't remember where I heard. I could be wrong, like, but um, I think they're, they're. Yeah, I think they might be closer related to cats. They look like dogs, but I don't know. Mm. So, uh, what mythical creature do you wish existed? Um, hmm, like um, Phoenix. Ooh, Phoenix. Yeah. What's the What's the appeal with them? them? Yeah, well, they're basically the the story behind them is that they. They um, die and they're reborn from their ashes, like with new life. So it's kind of like reincarnation, rebirth, resurrection. That's what they kind of symbolize. But um, mm. so, yeah, I'd say a phoenix. Mm. Whereabouts do you have the phoenix tattooed on you? On my back. Just oh. across my shoulder, across my shoulder blades. Mm. How about we give you like a magic phoenix that shoots out of your back and like picks you up and lets you fly places? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. See, I thought it'd be on your front. I thought you'd just like flex your pecs and then shoot out shoot out at someone when you're fighting them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe um like I'm a big Harry Potter fan as well, and uh there's a Phoenix in that and it has healing tears it can hear uh heal it can heal you with his tears. Ooh, well why doesn't it cry me river then, huh? <laughs> uh, and they can carry they can they can carry people as well, they're very strong. God damn. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get that one. The tiny that imagine just the ridiculous amount of that. Just a tiny bird carrying a, a ginormous man just around the place. <laughs> oh man! See, have you ever been on a really terrible date? Uh yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, do you want details? Yes, please, dude. <laughs> um. So this was back in the day now when before there, I don't know what's that dating app that people use nowadays is Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. So before Tinder, we had, um, before Facebook, even there was Bebo mm. and, um, on Bebo, there was this app or something called, well, it wasn't even an app. It was just something online called Zeusk. And, um, it's kind of like Tinder. You kind of like, like people and things like that on it. And, um, yeah, I just, I liked one one girl and uh, we went. I yeah, I just met up with her in some little pub in the middle of the con- in the countryside, tiny little village in a, in a pub. And um, I was waiting for her to finish work, and um, there was just some really like unfriendly people, like older people, in the bar, and especially like I'm 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 dark skinned fella, you know, like and um, and these guys were just really like. What are you doing here? You know? <laughs> God damn. Yeah, it was just, and I was trying to be really nice, and I was just like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm a friend here, blah, blah, blah. And where do you live? And I'm like, oh, I live so and so. And he's like, no, but where do you live? You know, and I was like, um, uh, and he's like, I was like, well, you wouldn't know, it's not in the country, you know? And he's like, I do know it, sure, it's my country. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And then a friendly person who was sitting beside me was like, just move over here a bit away from him now. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like that was, um, the date didn't go anywhere as well. So like it was, it was a bit of a awkward one. <laughs> <laughs> so man, you, you got hassled by a bunch of racists for nothing pretty much then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's always fun. Yeah. Like, fair enough if you get hassled by racists and it goes somewhere, but yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I could have taken out some frustration. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Ben, we've reached the last question. Are you prepared for the last question? Yeah, go on then. If you became president of Earth, what's the first thing you do? Like the first law you'd enact? Um, I would. Jeez, oh, that's a really hard question, man. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you why. I tell you why it's hard because I I don't really believe in the the political system at all, you know, and. Mm. Um, I'm, as I say, I'm about empowering people. And I think that if people were empowered, I think I would give, I would give complete power to the people. And I would, geez, that sounds like Black Panther is actually power to the people. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, I, I would give complete power to the people. Knowledge, I would release all of, you know, information because I, there is like, the internet is completely policed. Information is withheld from the people. You know, I think that if people are um, empowered, then they don't need governing. They will govern themselves. You know, that's what, as I say about me fighting, is teaching people how to control their own reality. You know, there's like um, a philosophical saying of like, um, what is it? Do unto others as you would have them do unto yourselves, you know? And Mm. I think if people understand how every action has a reaction, that's science, you know? That's karma, you know. If people understand these things, then they will stop doing badness. If they're, if people are smart, like say with drugs, for example, if you educate, rather than lock people away for the use of drugs, if you educate people on drugs, the pros and cons of drugs, you know, you know, then people will make good decisions. It's having faith that people can make decisions up for themselves and not trying to make decisions for people just thinking that I know better than them or they are just, they're just too stupid to rule themselves, you know, to, to be trusted. So yeah, I think I would give power to the people. Oh, power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that's going to just uh, pop out of nowhere. Just a pure loud. Was that like a slam or slap or something? That's just yeah, going to, yeah, sorry. I'm, no, I'm going to make sure that okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to make it even louder in the thing. Just, just to really startle someone like, oh shit. <laughs> okay so guys we reached the end of the podcast if you want to follow ben it's at ben davis mma on instagram so ben do you have anything you want to say before we shoot off yeah just um just try and be positive and like i've I've noticed i haven't been on the internet very much this last two weeks because um, i had a a friend pass away in northern ireland and and i like and my wife has been on Facebook getting very frustrated with how people are um, reacting and fighting with one another, you know, and it's all through fear and things like this. And I just think that 
if people just try and be positive, you know, if you, you know, if you want to see the world a better place, then change your world, control your reality, you know, be positive, make that choice to try and be positive. When you wake up in the morning, think, you know, how can, you know, how can I make the most of this day? How can I be happy in this day? And how can I make other people's happy? If you do that, then the world is going to change and the world's going to start being more happy. So like, I just want people to, to be happy, you know? Mm. Right. that's pretty pretty good way to look at it my dude so guys thanks for listening hope you enjoyed Oos.